We're going to be reading tonight from the book of Exodus. We're going to be looking at a part of Moses' life. A part that doesn't get a whole lot of attention. But a part that's very necessary in understanding some things in our lives. Reading from chapter 2 beginning with verse 11. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew were fighting. And he said to one who did the wrong, Why are you striking your companion? Then he said, Who made you prince and judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. So as we read God's word, we learned that Moses had killed someone. Now when we think of Moses, we don't think of Moses being a murderer. We, we have a picture of Moses like on the old movie, The Ten Commandments. Charlton Heston standing up there. He's leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. and He goes to the Red Sea and God parts it. That's our picture of Moses. Not as someone who is a murderer or a killer. So that makes us ask the question, when we make decisions that change our life, we have to remember that God's timing and purpose will remain the same. His plan for our life will not change. Moses was born in Egypt. He was born at a time when Pharaoh was killing all the children two years old and younger. Moses, was he survived. His mother hid him from all of that. She put him in the basket, put him in the river, and Pharaoh's daughter found him, and they took him into their home. And Moses was raised in the lap of luxury. Moses had everything that anyone could ever want. He was actually going to be the next king of Egypt. Moses was sitting right there where men... They, 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 they just, they desire to sit there in that spot where he was. But then Moses realized who he was. Moses realized that he wasn't an Egyptian, that he was a Hebrew. Moses realized that, you know, he needed to see what his people was really going through. So he went out and saw it, and he saw this, this, this Egyptian beating one of his Hebrew brothers. And Moses lashed out at him, and Moses killed him. A decision that was made that was made out of passion. That was made out of emotion. And let's be honest, we all make those decisions. We have all been in a spot in life where we've made a decision that has changed our lives. Good or bad, we've all been there. I've been there. I've made decisions in my life Good or bad. I realize I'm standing up here and I am preaching tonight, but I was not raised as a preacher's kid. I was not raised in church every Sunday morning. I was raised by a father who abused alcohol. 
I was raised by a father. He raised me and my brother rough. We grew up rough. By the time I was a young man, I was in alcohol myself. I was a young man. I was living that life till God got hold of me. I was making decisions that were changing my life and were taking me down a wrong road. I work for the prison as a bivocation. I work there as a bivocation. That means that I pastor a church, but I also work a full-time job to take care of my bills and my debts. And while I'm there, I'm talking to folks. I'm talking to inmates that are there every day. And they're telling me their stories. And I'm thinking, my goodness, I was that close to being where you are because of decisions that I made. Moses made those decisions. But here is where I'm going with the message tonight. God was never changed in his purpose for Moses. God had a purpose in my life when I was born. And God has a purpose in your life. God has a purpose in everyone's life. And while we may make decisions that affect the way that gets played out in our life, God's plan will always come to fruition in our lives. It will always develop the way He intends it to do. It doesn't matter if it's a financial decision, if it's a relationship decision, Maybe it's a substance problem. Maybe it's something that deals with physical or emotional problems. We all have them. They may look different in all of us, but we all have problems. We all have decisions that we deal with. This isn't a problem that dealt with that comes around in the 20th or 21st century. It goes all the way back. All the way back in Bible times to the days of Moses. And further, if we want to look back, You know, today, if Moses would have done this today, most folks would look at Moses and they'd say his life is over. Most churches today would look at Moses and this would be on on his record and they would say, we don't want him for a pastor. Most churches and most people today would look at Moses and they would say, well, that's it. He's wrote himself out. He can come and he can sit and he can do in church and and he can attend, but, but that's as far as he can go. God's plans are much deeper than what our plans ever was. Tonight i got three things I want to share with you. Three things that I hope will encourage you as you go into the week and as you prepare for the coming week or whatever your activities may be. First, I want you to realize that when you make a life-changing decision, always remember that nothing takes God by surprise. Now that's something that most of us haven't thought a lot about. Have you ever been sitting sitting here thinking and remember, doggone it, I just remembered something. I needed to do this. Do you realize God never has one of those moments? God is never sitting on His throne in heaven and He never says, I wonder how old so-and-so's doing. He knows. He doesn't have to worry about and ask himself, I wonder how Terry's doing. I want to go, let me go look on Terry and see how he's doing and see if if he's into anything I've missed. God doesn't have to worry about that because he knows everything that I do. He knows everything I do and he knows all the decisions that I make. 
So what we do in the decisions we make, they don't take God by surprise. They don't catch Him off guard. He knows we're going to do them before we do them. And sometimes, even though He knows it's a mistake, sometimes God will let us make that decision anyway. God could have stopped Moses from killing that man. God could have stopped Moses from doing that. But God let Moses do it because it was going to put Moses in a position where he would have to look upon God. He would have to come closer to Him. God lets us do that very same thing from time to time in life. He will let us make bad decisions. Not to punish us. Not because He doesn't love us. Not because He doesn't care about us. God will let us make bad decisions so that we will get closer to Him. So that we will want to draw closer and know more about Him and ask Him and lean on Him for help. Because let's say as men, especially as men, we want to take care of things ourselves. That's the way we are. We want to take care of things ourselves. It's my problem, I want to fix it. It's my problem, I want to deal with it. I'm the one who done it, I'm the one who wants to deal with it. I want to fix it. I want to do whatever, that's the way we are. Sometimes God has to let us get in a spot where we need to, where we have to come to Him. That's what he was doing with Moses. He didn't catch God by surprise and nothing that we have done or will do will ever catch God by surprise either. He will allow things in our life to let us draw closer to him. To let us ask him for his movement in our life. For his purpose. Second, when you make a life-changing decision... It's important to remember that God never loses control. Just because God lets us make a decision that He knows is going to put us in a bad spot, it doesn't mean He don't love us and it doesn't mean He's not in control of our life. He may be allowing that situation in our life to help lead us and guide us to Him. I know I look back over my life and now I see many things, many decisions that I made in life that I know God was behind. They were bad decisions. But God allowed them in my life so that it would bring me back around to a person that would eventually lead me to the Lord. A friend of mine that I grew up with, and we went to middle school together just right up the road here. We played ball together on that, on that ball field up there. He was one year ahead of me. He was just as rough and just as rowdy as I was. So, when I ran into him again some years later, it was at my grandmother's 89th birthday dinner. A family friend, a family acquaintance was going to his church. He was a pastor now. And they had invited him to come and do a little devotion there for her birthday. And I ran into him. And we immediately remembered one another and we shook hands and we started talking. And Alan, Alan Carr is his name. He, he pastors a church in Lenore right now. Alan, Alan came to me and he started talking to me about what God had done in his life 
and how God had turned him around and how Jesus had made such a difference and how he had grown up and I knew about his past and he knew about mine and he told me, he said, Terry, you're not going to have a future in alcohol. You're not going to have a future in drugs. You're not going to have a future in all of these other things that you're going after. You're not going to have a future in anything that you do unless you have Jesus in it. And I remember asking Alan where his church was and he told me. At that time, it was another church altogether in a different location. He just planted a church in Morganton. So we started visiting there and eventually I got saved and I got right with God and got my life right. All of those decisions that I was making, all of those bad decisions, God was leading my life, was controlling my life and was bringing me back to that one meeting where he would have me stand face to face with an old friend that he had converted, that God had saved, and he had a testimony for me that showed me how powerful Jesus Christ was in my life. So there is a personal witness to you tonight. God never loses control of your life. When you think it may be out of control and you may be rock bottom with everything that you can do and everything that you can possibly have, it's God that's moving you into that one place where that one person is going to share Jesus with you that may make a difference in your life and will have you restored in a relationship with Him. That's number two. I said there were three. When you make a life-changing decision, remember to always accept where God has you. Tonight, God has us here for a purpose. God has us here for a purpose. We may not know what it is. We may not even... We may have a hard time wrapping our mind around it and saying, I just can't believe... God has me here for any reason. But He does. Tomorrow, when we go to work or whenever we're going tomorrow, the plan, wherever we're there, God is going to be right there with us. The purpose that God has in all of our lives, though, is twofold. First, it is to bring us to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. That's His first purpose. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 God loved us enough to send His Son to the cross to die for us that we could have eternal life. That's His purpose. That's the first part of His purpose. To see us born again and to have a relationship with Him as His children, as His adopted eternal children. God's second purpose as we become, as we are saved and as we're born again, God's next purpose is to keep us in that close relationship. is to have us grow in our walk with Him. So the things, the places that He puts us and the situations that He allows us to get into are there for those two purposes. They're either to bring us to Him to see us saved and born again, or there to bring us closer to Him so that we can walk with Him the way He wants us to walk and we can be the service. We can be who He wants us to be. 
A lot of times folks think of Christians as being uh, little panty-waisted people that don't really have a backbone or don't really have any type of a, 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 a fortitude in life, but that's the furthest thing from the truth. When you go through your Bible and you read the characters that are in the Bible and you read who they were, they were people who struggled in life. They were people who had to had to deal with the reality of life on a daily basis. They made bad decisions and they had to deal with them. They made good decisions and they had to deal with them. Other people made decisions that affected their lives and they had to deal with it. They had to be strong. And where did that strength come from? It come from their walk with God. It came from their knowledge and their walk with God. So, Find encouragement in these words tonight that the life-changing decisions that you make are made in a way and allowed by God to keep you closer, to bring you closer to Him, to bring you into a a saving relationship with Him. And as we're getting ready to close tonight, and we look back over the message, I want to remind you that when you feel like life just isn't making sense. And maybe maybe you've been caught off guard. Whether you're right or whether you're wrong, understand that God knew where things were going and how they were going to wind up with you. And God allowed you to be in that position and in this situation, whatever it may be. Whether it would be a situation with your health, a situation with your finances, or whatever. God allowed that in your life in order to bring you closer to Him so that He can show you how much He really loves you and cares about you. Second, when life takes you by surprise, it doesn't mean that God's lost control of anything. He's still in control and He is still wanting to have you. He's wanting to have your attention He's wanting to have your faith. Faith is something that I want to mention as I close tonight. A lot of times we think of faith as being something that we find and experience only in church. But let me, let me clarify something. We live by faith in a lot of ways every day in life. When we go out to get in a vehicle, when we go out to get in our car, do we stop before we open the door and say, Man, I sure hope this car cranks. Now, I've had some in my life that I might have had to do that. But in all honesty, when I don't, in all honesty, I would open the door, I would get in the car, and I would expect it to start when I turned the key. That's faith. Expecting it to do what it's supposed to do without having to put any kind of thought or worry into it. When we come into a room, for instance, this chair, and we sit down in this chair, do we stop and ask the question, will that chair break if I sit in it? Usually no. Usually we just walk in and it's sitting there and we trust that it's dependable to sit in and we just sit in it knowing that it's going to be there and it's going to be solid and it's going to hold us. That's faith. It may not be the spiritual faith that I'm leading up to, but it's still an illustration of faith. When we walk into the circumstances of life, 
we got to walk into them with faith. We got to walk into them with faith, knowing that, knowing that God's in control. We may not be able to see how strong those chair legs are, but we trust them. We may not be able to see how strong that car engine is, but we trust it. We may not be able to see God and be able to see how strong He is, but we got to trust Him. we got to trust Him. I said there were three, and third, as we close tonight, when life doesn't make sense, we learn to come to God. That comes back to faith. When our faith starts getting weak, when our faith starts getting low, we come back to God. Come back to God in two ways. We come back to God first by reading His Word. Reading a Bible doesn't make you a weaker man. Reading a Bible makes you a stronger man. I used to think back in my younger days that men who read their Bible, they were weak because they weren't able to stand on their own. But I've learned as I have gotten older and as God has worked in my life and as I've came to know Him with a better level and a greater degree that it is the strong men who read God's Word because they do know that they can't stand on their own and they have to have God there with them in order to do that. In order for, for them to stand and to withstand everything in life that's coming at them, they have to have God and they have to have His Word. So we need to rely on that. We need to cling to God's Word. We also need to pray. We need to daily have a conversation with God. And that's all prayer is. There's no fancy language to prayer. There's no specific set of rules to prayer. It is holding a conversation with God just like you would hold one with anyone else. You may not have to verbally speak the words. You can, pre- you can do it by, by proclaiming from your heart and praying from your heart. You can have some quiet time by yourself somewhere and just spend it talking to God. Those are things that we find in life that get us through the difficulties of life-changing decisions. And tonight, I'm getting ready to close. And as I do, if there's any questions, if there's any discussion that you need after the service, I'm going to be available. And I want you to know that I care about what goes on in people's lives. I care about what goes on in your lives and in the lives of the men and the women in this county and in this community. I care and I want to see Jesus restored in the lives of people. I know the difference that He can make. And I want you to know that difference as well. I want you to know what it is like to know Jesus and to come to Him and to let Him be a part of your life and the difference it can make in your life. So as we close in prayer, if God's got something, if He's dealing with your heart, feel free to catch me as we as we close and, and we'll be glad to talk about anything that you need to talk about. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for the time that You've given. Thank You for everyone in this building. Thank You for these men, Heavenly Father. and The, the testimonies that they bring, the lives that they have, thank You for 
the work that's being done in their lives to help them. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would lift them up and encourage them and that you would come alongside them in ways that only you know exist. Heavenly Father, I pray that as these words were given tonight, that they would touch hearts and lives and that they would come to know you closer or to know you as Lord and Savior if they don't already. And as we depart and go our way, I pray that every word that was given was given to glorify you and lift you up. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Men, thank you for your